What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane J. And guys, thank you so much for being here with us. As we get back into our movie reviews, October is officially over as of today. R.I.P. I know. <laughs> Look at a big R. Can we get an R.I.P. in the chat, homies? Uh, October <laughs> came and went with a swiftness that was unprecedented to me personally. I've never seen her come and go so quickly. I felt like I was in it, but then it was over. And now I feel empty. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. If only there was an amazing podcast based on horror for me to listen yeah. to that I could then fill my soul with all of this Halloween spirit that I still possibly, have. Yeah, possibly two friends, um, homies, perhaps you'd call them. Uh, per chance, a, a female, chance. a male. Um, I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, you can fill that void with Halloween candy. I know I will. Very true. Very true. Um, the Halloween candy that I'm just gonna buy for myself because there's oh, no trick can, or treat. I bought an entire bag of Twix, and there's one piece left, and I'm probably gonna eat it after <laughs> we're done recording. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good i can't stop though i'm i am excited to get back into movies i can't lie i'm, I'm very excited to explore the movie realm yeah. again Oct october was fun it was fun to do the themes but yes i'm really excited to start talking about movies again and we kind of we're late to the game we're not gonna lie we're a little bit late but we are like we are fresh to shutter. Um, we've been exploring all of the titles that they have on there, which is like an insane amount. Actually, didn't. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot. There's a lot of movies on Shutter. I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I guess I just never realized quite how many like movies and also shows that they have on there. Um, but I went and like looked through all of them, and there's a bunch. Yeah, I've heard of some of them, but there's a lot of them that I've never heard of. Um, so we thought that it would be fun to continue on our discovery of Shudder. So we're going to be talking about a movie that is on Shudder today. And that is the movie Random Acts of Violence, which came out this year, actually. Was it this? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it did. It was uh, this summer, 2020. right? <laughs> 2020. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a uh, first off, very bold title. Very bold title. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, it is. I was here for it. But it definitely when we were going through our list of like, OK, what should we what should we watch? That one definitely stood out for <laughs> obvious reasons. Yeah, I'm actually really happy because we made a list of like a bunch of movies that were on there that we were like, okay, what should our first movie back be? But this is actually a movie that I heard about when it first, I don't know, print, premiered, came out. I'm not entirely sure of like how they first released it when it came out. Um, and the- 
I think it was, uh, I'm pretty sure it was in 2019, like towards the end of 2019, like uh, based on what right? I saw. Or did I make yeah, that up? Yeah, it was doing a film festival circuit before we got it on Shutter. Okay. I believe. Okay, that's what it is then, yeah. Because, okay, the one of the girls, one of like the main girls that is in this movie, the girl who played Aurora, um, mm-hmm. she, I follow her on Instagram. I know her from uh, Degrassi. <laughs> I mean, I'm not huge on Degrassi, so I, I would know, but that's actually, <laughs> that's a bit of a leap genre-wise. I know. Hi, homies. Um, Erica chiming in from slightly in the future, but also in the past. Um, Call me Marnie McFly. But I wanted to mention, besides being on Degrassi, (laughs) this actress, this isn't her first time stepping into horror. She was actually the daughter in Saw 3, the daughter of like the main couple that's the focus in that film so yeah i just wanted to mention that because i make it seem like this is her first step into horror it is not it's just been a while since she has been in a horror film so yeah just wanted to pop in here and mention that now back to the degrassi talk also um feel free to dm me if you would like to discuss why ellie jt And Manny were the best Degrassi characters. Okay, thanks, bye. Uh, There's actually two people that were from Degrassi in this movie. And once- Who who else was in Degrassi? So the guy, that like group of teenagers in the car, the guy, Mm -hmm. he was also on Degrassi. Oh, wow. Um, I can't remember if their seasons overlapped at all. Dude, Degrassi was going for like 35,000 years, I swear. I swear they had like (laughs) cavemen Degrassi and they were like riding dinosaurs (laughs) to school. It was for ages. So I don't remember if their seasons overlapped or not, but I that's like the main thing that I knew her from. And I remember when this movie came out, I saw her posting about it and I was like, oh, that's really interesting that she's in a horror movie. And then secondly, we were interested in it because the boy, yeah, boy, Jay. Mm-hmm. Bear shell, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was very excited when I saw, because he, he did like everything on this movie. He wrote it, directed it, produced it, starred in it. <laughs> he was everything in this movie. Um, and I thought that that was really interesting because I know him as a comedic actor slash as Hiccup from How to Train Your Dragon. Um, right, but I am yeah. a really big fan of his. I think he's really funny, and I think that he is a good actor, and I really like his voice. <laughs> yeah, I was I was also excited to see this genre from him, too, because mm-hmm. I, like, same thing, same references I know him from, but um, I also remember watching Man Seeking Woman, um, which he's also in, and that was... If you haven't seen that show, it's very out there. Um, I like it a lot, but like some of the themes and concepts that he uses, the way his mind works is very interesting. So seeing him tackle mm. the horror genre was a very exciting premise. For Did me. he write on Man versus or Man Seeking Woman? Man uh, versus Man woman. Seeking Woman. <laughs> man versus Woman. <laughs> um, I'm not entirely sure, but he was like the main guy in it. So oh. I'd have to go back and look. I'm not exactly okay. sure. Huh. That's cool. 
Um, yeah, he he does a lot of stuff, and he's very into. I actually watched an interview that he did on. It's on YouTube. It's only like twelve minutes long that he did um, about this movie. Um, and he's seems like he's very into the horror genre, and he's very into comic books as well. Which, once we start to get into the movie, we'll talk about those subjects because they're huge parts of this film. The main character is a mm-hmm. comic book. Like that's the whole premise of the movie is that he created this comic book. Yeah, and it's kind of coming back to haunt him. But I thought that was cool. I, you know, it's something that I never would have known about him. Um, had I not watched that interview and I think that you can kind of get hints of it in this film so yeah I don't know I'm a fan of I'm a fan of you Jay hit me up uh you can <laughs> Jay, you can we follow fans. me on Instagram if you'd like <laughs> it's up to you no shameless pressure. absolutely shameless <laughs> but Hey man, if you out here throwing follows, Jay, just know I I, I saw I saw your old stuff. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> should we should we jump into the film? Yeah, then? go ahead, go ahead and hit us with the plot. All right, all right. So, homies, let's talk about random acts of violence. As we said before, it was directed by Jay Baruchel, starring jay baruchel <laughs> along with jesse williams jordana brewster neam wilson and simon northwood by the way spoilers oh yeah just so big you fat know spoilers guys big fat spoiler alert so if you don't want a direct spoiler of the movie skip ahead a little bit to the conversation so art is hard This is the uh, current dilemma plaguing our main character, Todd, the creator of the hit comic book series Slasher Man, as we join him projecting his insecurities on his supportive girlfriend, Kathy. Todd's comic about a serial killer based on the infamous I-90 killer has been doing well, but he can't seem to find an ending. In an attempt to get his creative juices flowing, he and Kathy organize a press tour through Slasher Man's hometown to announce the final copy of the comic, because that's totally a good idea. Uh, Joined by Todd's publisher, Ezra, and his assistant, Aurora, the group travel from the comfy confines of Toronto to the soon-to-be-blood-soaked roads of rural USA. Insert creepy gas stations and ill-advised product placement here. Todd has an interview at a local radio station where he suffers one of the tastiest moral bait and switches of all time. Fast forward through a creepy crank collar, auxiliary character executions, and a brutal homage to the 2009 cult classic Human Centipede. Todd and friends attend their first signing, where Todd continues to be tormented by calls from his psycho secret admirer. While staying at a local motel, Aurora finds it wise to do a bit of late-night sketching to get her head right, but ends up losing it. The gravity of the situation sets in for the remaining group, and they decide to leave the motel and hopefully head home. But before they can escape the terror that is middle America, they try and save the makeshift slasher man's next victims. Spoiler alert, they fail miserably. The group drives into a ditch... Ezra forgets the importance of seatbelt safety, and Todd and Kathy are captured. The couple share a touching moment handcuffed in the back of a van. Todd tries his best to save Kathy, but this too fails miserably. 
with all of his friends dead, Todd, led by the power of plot and vengeance, finds himself at the maniac's doorstep. Todd has a gruesome dinner reunion with the killer and all of his friends. The killer gives his best supporting actor speech, and Todd is finally able to exact his revenge. Roll credits. That's it. Very well done. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank Thanks. you. Um, what did you think of this movie? Um, you know, this one was actually kind of tough for me to really figure out how I felt mm-hmm. about it. Because I, for one, absolutely love the concept of this movie. Mm-hmm. This whole conversation about the, um, I suppose the, what's the right wording for this? How how responsible the artist is for the art that they create and the effect that it has on people. I thought the exploration of that was very fascinating and that was something that definitely pulled me through a chunk of this movie. Um, however, I'm still sitting with the idea of whether or not this movie answered that question. Mm-hmm. It's, it's strange because so we have this idea, right, of this killer who, which, by the way, I found interesting the, diff- the difference between the uh, comic and the movie because the actual movie is an adaptation of a comic. Oh, wow. This story is based off a one-shot comic by um, Jimmy Palm... Uh, I'm going to say his name wrong, but Jimmy Palmiati and Justin Gray. Um, same name, but the difference between the two is in the comic book, Slasher Man isn't directly related to Todd. He's actually, it's more of the face value idea of this comic book creator creates this idea for a slasher that someone finds inspiration Mm -hmm. from and then proceeds to then do the killings. While in the movie, it has a little bit of a different take on that. And I'm still debating about whether, which one I like more. Okay. It's a, it's a hard question, right? And I think one of the things that makes this movie very scary, I think especially for artists and people who not only create but explore creation within the horror genre, is there's always that age-old question of, are artists responsible for the things that people do in relation to their art? And I don't know if I have the exact answer to that question mm-hmm. because there are some you know terrible people that do terrible things um, and use art somewhat as a scapegoat for a reason for their actions. And I don't know, like, how much... I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to debate whether or not the artist should be held accountable for the things that happen due to the things that they make, Mm -hmm. right? Because, like, one of the main themes of this movie was life imitates art. That's kind of, like, something that you hear throughout this movie and in the comic. I feel like the movie does its best to kind of explore this idea of an artist just trying to do what they love and also using their art as a coping mechanism, deal with the idea that someone is misconstruing their ideas and using them for evil, like, and how they handle that. I don't, I don't know. As you can, <laughs> as you can tell, I'm very conflicted by this movie, right. but what, what were kind of like your initial feelings of it? So I think that the first half of this movie is much stronger than the second half. Um, I really enjoyed up to a certain point, and I'll tell you which point that is in just a second. But like the first mm-hmm. part up 
to like maybe I think it's like about mid halfway through. Also, this movie is only like eighty one minutes. It's not very long, which yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because uh, like the first half of it, I really really like that concept of yeah, it's like how much accountability accountability do you take for portraying these grisly you know scenes and that's and also the idea that in this in this movie he's profiting off of a real life tragedy like this is he's based slasher man off of an actual serial killer in the movie that really killed people and had real life victims Mm -hmm. and a lot of people are like you are profiting off of this horrible thing that happened and to him, he's like, no, this is art. This is fiction. This is a fictionalized version of it. I'm taking that as inspiration. But you can see, but then at the same time, you also see all of his fans that are like idolizing Slasher Man and therefore idolizing the I-90 killer, which was the real guy. And yeah. I think that that is really interesting. I enjoyed that aspect of it. And I think specifically for the horror genre i that's a lot of a lot of complaints that you hear sometimes are people saying oh why would you why would you show that this is this is gore for gore's sake this is violence against women and and you know how can you show people that you're influencing and also video games i feel like also have this same thing where they're like people are going to watch this and they're going to become violent and yeah this idea that the imagery that people see within these different mediums will then influence mm -hmm. them to do things that are similar to the gruesome stuff that they're seeing and a lot of times people blame the creator of that you know and say a certain tragedy happens around the same time that maybe a movie or a book or something came out a lot of people blame that piece of art because it's you know it's like okay i it's what inspired it's what inspired that, that so therefore you. it's your fault that this happened i don't agree with that idea um i definitely think that people can be influenced by things but i don't think it's the fault of the art um that that happened it's just sometimes things like that happen i think you can be inspired by anything and anything can be taken in the wrong way or misconstrued like um so i do appreciate that idea but i wasn't happy with the conclusion that we came to in this film and Mm. i wasn't happy (laughs) it's one of those things where like the characters i really really enjoyed them for the first half and then the second mm-hmm. half came along and I feel like they completely lost being real to me. And I don't know if that was what they were going for, but it was, I don't know, it was just such a jarring thing because in the beginning they they feel very real to me. And then all of a sudden in the second half, they start to fall into these like horror movie tropes that don't mm-hmm. really match up to me of what I've seen, which is not to say that the actors, yeah. like the actors in this movie, I think do a very, very good job. But I don't know something like something ain't clicking. Two plus two isn't making four. No, I, you know what I, I mean? <laughs> like I'm confused. 
no, I actually, I understand what you're saying. And I kind of agree to, to an extent that like the first half, I think the first half of this movie really pulled me in. And then, um, like I was saying earlier, it's very easy to get lost with the conversation that this film is trying to present and the actual film itself, mm-hmm. right? The first half of the movie presents this idea, which I find fascinating, and then explores it in a very realistic way. And I agree. I think the characters are handling their current situation in a very human way. You have a very interesting dynamic of people going through this first half of the movie. You've got the troubled artist who is trying to find the ending to this piece of art, something that he considers art, right? You have then his, basically his money, who's attached to the project, wanting to see this project be successful, right? But like they're a little, they've kind of got blinders on as to the the possible effects of this, because to them, it's a project, it's art, it's it's just a means to money. And then you have, which I love that they had the dynamic of Kathy's character of while in tandem, her boyfriend is seeing success off basically glorifying this murderous figure. She's on her own path, right? She's searching to actually learn more about the I-90 killer. And she's got this idea that she wants to give a voice to the victims. And both her and the movie present this idea very well of like all whenever we get into this realm, we always glorify the killers. We glorify the people that are doing this things. We're not giving voices to the actual victims. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times these victims also being women, which is a topic in both this and the comic is like not only are the victims usually lost within these stories but a lot of times the victims are also women and like the different almost like the violent objectifying of women that analysis there is i think very prevalent in the first half of this Mm -hmm. movie but once we slip into the i guess scary slasher horror portion of the movie a lot of those themes seem to kind of fall off and instead we're sitting now with basically what the movie's trying to make a commentary on which is these gruesome random acts of violence yeah it's so i really enjoyed and i think the storytelling in the first half is i like because of what you just said how in the end it's like now we got to get to the real thing the random acts of violence like i feel like it was all leading up to this I feel like the second half of it the storytelling kind of fell through because they were like we got to get this message out the message of the movie the first half i feel like it was set up real really well it's like okay i know why they're doing this why they're doing this makes sense to me um i Mm -hmm. get why all of them are there i get their dynamic i enjoyed meeting all the characters i think that they're all pretty likable i think aurora was my favorite character and then um Mm -hmm. And then after her, I i mean, I think she was, she was probably my favorite character. I really did like Todd and Kathy's relationship. I thought it was played very realistically, specifically the part where they got into the argument in the hotel room. I thought that that... Mm-hmm. I, I love that argument scene. That was it a was great, great scene. I, uh, it felt super real to me. It felt like an actual conversation that people might have. And I like how it all stemmed from you know he has this horrible interview 
where the host basically is like, you're a shitty guy because real people died yeah, from this. I, that was that was easily my favorite really? scene in this whole movie. I, I actually really liked that scene too. And I like the way that they built it up. So he goes to this interview. He has this, it starts off as like a regular interview and then the host kind of starts bringing up the vi- the actual victims and you realize that the host was friends with one of the little girls that got killed. So he's upset that Slasher Man is even a thing. And then they get a phone call at the radio station and it's like the, the killer is calling Todd and like spouting off these mm-hmm. random numbers. I thought that entire buildup was great. And then to go from that to the fight with him and Kathy, I thought they did a really good job of like ratcheting up the tension and making things feel really like building things fairly well. Cause after that, I was like, oh shit. As soon as he started saying the numbers, I was like, what does this, this mean? Something, something. Now we're starting to get into like something crazy is about to happen, which leads. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. And well, I was going to say that like, the, just that whole idea of having this radio broadcaster be close to one of the victims, I think was just a smart move because it's a perspective that I don't think we ever get to examine mm-hmm. um, very often of this idea that like when someone creates something successful, despite how gruesome or grotesque it may be, if it's good and people love it, like usually I feel like they spend a lot of their time hearing praise about mm-hmm. it. And to watch Todd's character have to navigate being grilled about the gravity of the situation that, as far as this radio host knows, he has no idea what he's fucking talking about. Like, he's not directly related to this. Like, he doesn't know the trauma attached to the story that he's banking money off of. Um, That, to me, from from a creator standpoint, is terrifying. Like, don't get me wrong. The the gruesomeness of this movie was was a lot like some of these scenes were and we'll talk about them in a little bit like some of these scenes were pretty gruesome but i think one of the scariest uneasy things was putting myself in todd's shoes Mm -hmm. of like how how genuinely how would you feel if you created a monster and then subsequently created a real life monster through your artwork mm-hmm. and then having to literally sit face to face to someone who's met the the things that this monster's done and having to then answer those questions like that i i was squirming in my seat mm-hmm. during that scene because that just felt so fucking uncomfortable yeah yeah that scene was it was yeah it was very uncomfortable to watch and so one of my favorite probably scenes um is the first kill like the first murder sequence yeah um mm-hmm, agreed i definitely i wanted to talk it, about it's that probably scene too, the best that- one um out of the movie i mean it's definitely the one that we see in the mo the most like we see the most violence and gore during this one the the first one that we get it's these three teenagers they're leaving a hotel and so everything happens on this stretch of I-90. And so they like going down the highway, their tire blows and uh, it's raining. And of course, none of them are prepared because they're teenagers. They're like, what the fuck? So then, but then they see this car pull up behind them and they're like, oh great, cool, we got help. 
Which, okay, this was kind of silly, though. So the car starts to pull up behind him, and the girl in the back seat is like, hey, we're over here. But she's inside the car. I'm like, but she can't. Who's, mm-hmm. why are you, who are you screaming for? Who are you screaming and waving for? He, yeah, he sees the car. Like, I don't know. That part was kind of silly. I would. As this movie go, as this movie moves on, I feel like it's pro- probably part of the problem too. Is these characters start making the day one mistakes yeah. that everybody makes in horror movies, yeah. <laughs> and it just seems a little out of place for like how smart they seem at the beginning. Some of their choices yeah. later on, they like sus, gradually but. lose brain cells throughout the movie. Um, something was in the water, mm. I think. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but so yes, yeah, so this car pulls up. The thing about it that I like too is like we already know, we know it's the killer. We know what's happening because we have kind of seen him like getting ready and prepping himself. We know that he drives the car that's pulling up. So we're so this mm-hmm. whole sequence i was sweating like i knew because i was like what's gonna happen to these kids <laughs> so they get out of the car mm-hmm. and he's being weird and i like that immediately after he starts being weird they're like okay never mind we called our friend our friend is coming we don't need help but thank you and they're like immediately trying to yeah. shut it down but the guy knows that there's no cell service so he knows they're lying which, I mean, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. And then I like immediately after that, they're like, get the fuck in the car. And they just like all run in the car. And mm-hmm. also, it's nice to see a killer that isn't just like ready to, like he has to, he psychs himself up yeah. for a long time. That's what, that's what got me about this whole scene is um, this scene is so realistic mm-hmm. that it's a little like, it, it kind of fucks with you because of that, because we we stylize murder a lot in horror. We we always add this little bit of theatrical spin to it. And this sequence played out pretty much like if I had to envision somebody trying to be a serial killer for a moment, it would be the sequence of events that kind of happened. Even even the way that he kills is so yeah. just like mm-hmm. so, so like when he finally when he finally does it right like they get they get into the car and then one i'm gonna knock some points they because didn't they didn't lock, lock the, fucking the fucking doors door. all right guys lesson number one you get in the car <laughs> you lock the door that was yeah i i, I wish i would have like this scene would have been 100 out of 100 for me if they had locked the door and then maybe he had like broken the glass to get in yeah that's all that's all it needed that was the one little thing it needed to be the perfect Mm -hmm. just like killer slasher scene but regardless of that tiny little dumb horror move they leave the door open he runs up to the door pulls it open takes the knife and he just starts going to fucking town on this Ooh, poor he guy slashes my boy up so and it's not much. and the thing the thing about it is it's not again it's not theatrical like the it from the way the camera pans to just the actor and how he's delivering it it's you're you have to just sit there as he's stabbing Over. this guy over and, over and over and over and over 
and they and the two girls in the car just have to look in horror because like what do you do yeah. like gen- like i don't even fault them for not trying to like really stop him because when you see the scene it's just like at that point i'd probably be in the mm-hmm. same level of shock right. like he is butchering him like yeah. right in front well, of and you there's, and so th- the guy is in the passenger seat the one girl is in the back seat and then there's the other girls in the driver's seat and another thing i like so i love the way that the ending of this scene is shot so the girl that's in the driver's seat she opens the door and she tries to get out and he stabs her in the leg to keep her there and so then he Mm -hmm. takes the knife out and she kind of just like falls out of the car so then we switch from the shot being inside the car to outside the car and we just see her on the ground and we just hear the girl inside of the car screaming so you know you're like okay now because you can kind of see him crawl into the back seat like through the windshield so you already know you're like he's Mm -hmm. killing her and he's gonna come out and he's gonna kill the girl that's on the ground but like just that ending mm-hmm. of just seeing her like on the ground and like clutching her leg and then just hearing the girl screaming from inside oof oof and like when he cuts her leg it's not even like like a quick like he stabs it she tries to move and yeah. he just tears through this he it's was, it's he brutal because so he even brutal. says he's like where the fuck are you going and like pins her yeah. with the knife Oh God! With the knife, I think because it felt so like the murder itself felt so improvised mm-hmm. that I think that's what just gives the scene that extra uncomfortable yeah. layer to it. Is because it's like messy. it's very it's very fucking messy, and you can tell that this character is he he's making it up as he goes. The one thing that he knows going into that scenario is that he's killing these three mm-hmm. people, and I mean, it's just like I, I was I was genuinely uncomfortable and I have a I have a pretty like strong stomach for violence at this point and for horror. But like it was that was a very uncomfortable scene to watch. Yeah. Like it was hard to watch. Yeah, it was it was really hard to watch. And after it was over, I was like, who? All right. Where are we going next, guys? Where are we dropping in next, boys? Because that was nuts. <laughs> so. I think because I loved that sequence so much that I this is where I kind of started to it like started to dip down a little bit for me and then it's going to continue. But (laughs) okay, so that happens. Right. And so throughout the movie, we slasher man but also the i-90 murderer like his thing is that after he kills people he kind of like makes their bodies into sculptures and he puts them Mm. in various positions which i'll quickly jump in with it's an interesting take that they went this Mm -hmm. route um because i actually i I went through and read the comic and a big difference is the slash man in the comics didn't do any of these kind of like presentational art Mm. pieces um with the victims like his he was known for dismembering them like that was his thing is like he would chop up the bodies and dismember them but this whole idea that he turns his victims into art pieces um was a lot more was a lot more clear in the movie adaptation of okay this. Uh, yeah i mm-hmm. i i think for what they were trying to get across in this movie i think that was a smart move because it's even more violent and it's even more of a thing to be like yo this is nuts like how do you come up with this because they a lot of 
the times in this movie, they make him seem like he's this fucked up guy for coming up with these ideas. And I think by mm-hmm. having him having this be an aspect of it, it's even more violent and even more of a like, hey, someone could take this and run with it and be like, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. Um, and that idea is terrifying, yeah. too, even with like that first sculpture, right? It's like it's one thing to like have it in your head and then, OK, draw it on a piece of paper and like see it there in its illustrated glory. But then to see it in real time with real human bodies. Yeah. Um, whole different fucking perspective. Yeah, because we see in his comic book, the sculpture, it's like a three person sculpture and that's what the teenagers end up <laughs> so that's what the teenagers end up being but like okay so this <laughs> reveal is a little bit silly like the the they're driving our main characters are driving <laughs> down the road and they see like the police are on the highway and they're like what's going on is it a car accident and then they drive by because the police are like trying to clean up the murder scene and they have a tarp over the statue that the guy made and right as our main characters drive by a um like a gust of wind so powerful (laughs) it comes and knocks the tarp up none of the police can hold the tarp down it knocks the tarp up and the tarp like billows in the wind and so there all of our main characters are able to see that these people have been killed and put into the same position as uh, like the drawing in his comic book I think they could have done a better job of doing that reveal like see we we call that the day ex machina wind right there I'm just like, a little bit of plot intervention so that we can move the story I along was like now that's a stretch like all the police let go of the tarp at the same time and I was like mm-hmm. really the the there the wind blew in it and it blows it just enough it like <laughs> it looks like a modeling shoot you know where they like have the fan and it blows like their fabric back that's what it looks like and it like mm-hmm. reveals yeah. them or like the, the, Mar- the Marilyn Monroe <laughs> yeah. thing where she's like hiding like, her dress yeah like, imagine oh, imagine oh, if no. Marilyn Monroe's dress like her skirt blew up and then like a little bit underneath it you could just see like a dead person like that's what it looks like like if a dead person's <laughs> body was just peeking out a little bit it's exactly like, what oh it looks no. like um mm-hmm. so that i i had to laugh i didn't want to because it's such and it's it sucks because the sculpture looks really creepy and it is a really scary yeah, thing it's to super, see it's super grotesque but the way that they yeah. did it <laughs> was just kind of silly and then the and the police officer is like get the tarp down like screams at at them and they all like you know fumble to get it back down yeah like y'all didn't think to nail this down or like anything you just casually leaving this tarp here by the grace like they had the slightest grip on that tarp and it just blew out of all their hands Mm -hmm. i was like all right sure but so they see that which is um fucked up and then they get after this, so this is the moment when I was like, ooh, these characters are kind of starting to get on my nerves. Is So that happens, and then they have the whole thing at his book signing where he gets another phone call, and he is getting really creeped out. And then they go to the motel that night. Mm-hmm. And Ezra, who is the publisher, is talking to Todd, and he's like, 
dude, we should call, like we should talk to the police. Like this is nuts. What's mm-hmm. going on? And Todd immediately is like, nah, we can't go to the police. We can't go <laughs> to the police because they're gonna look at my comic books and they're gonna be like, I'm like, dude, you what? I it's just a, it was just a little bit of a stretch for me. Nah. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'll give them, look, I'll, I'll give them this, right? That, again, this is another one of those things that they do explore in the comics, too, of, like, or the comic, I should say, it's just one comic. Um, but the idea of, like, him potentially being responsible for this shit, like, I, I get that, where he's like, okay, if we go to the cops, they look at my comic book that has literally the sculpture of the people in it, and I'm also in the area of which this happened like he knows he's innocent so like he should just be smart and fucking go to the cops anyway like you didn't mm-hmm. kill them so just fucking go but i get the slight hesitation from like a human level like I, i'm i'm able to let that one pass for a second but if they all in all just never went to the cops at all i'd be like y'all what are you doing yeah i guess my my issue with it is that I wish that the reasoning was a little bit more sound because I I do get that. It's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you know, I drew this exact comic and I'm in this area and now they're going to be like, they're going to possibly pin this on me. But Mm -hmm. I just I don't know. I think it's a little bit because of everything that has happened to them so far, like with the the phone Mm -hmm. calls and and then seeing that. I don't think it would have been crazy to be like, yeah, maybe we should go to them and just mention that there's some weird shit going on. Just tell because, the truth. Because like, just even, tell the if, truth. even if he was like, fuck, they might think it's me, you know that it's from your comic, so you know that you inspired this, so you could go to the police and say, hey, I think we have a problem. <laughs> like, I think we might have an issue on yeah. our hands, and you need to take a look at this. I, I think this is... And I think that it wasn't it's more of a problem to me knowing where the movie goes and knowing where his character goes. I wish he would have just agreed like because I get into a little bit of an argument about it. I wish he would have just been like, "Okay, you're right. We'll go to the police because it doesn't with the events that end up happening. It's kind of irrelevant that they have this conversation anyway. Mm -hmm. And I will look, I'll even throw this in there that what I think is even less acceptable is the fact that they didn't go to the cops after he got sliced at the at the job signing like that that bit to me when that happened felt wasted because nothing came of it it other than the reference to the comic where he gets so he's walk after he gets the call he's leaving he's like i'm done with this shit and as he's walking past the crowd somebody straight slices his hand open and we get this imagery of him remembering the scene of a character with a sliced hand in his comics. And then it just kind of jump cuts then to the motel of like, if I was at the signing after just seeing a human sculpture based on my art and somebody just cut me at my signings, I would go to the cops yeah. like immediately. And he doesn't even, he doesn't even try and get buck with the person that did it. It's like it happens and he's like, huh? No, he, it happens he just keeps fucking walking. Like, he's like, like, oh, boy, I'm if you don't now. turn around and try and figure out who just cut you, like somebody here has a real knife and you're just like, huh, how strange. I bleed. Like, no, do something about <laughs> This is dangerous. Do something. Um, but yeah, so 
like I said, it ends up being irrelevant that they even talk about going to the cops because they end up being taken in for questioning because um, Aurora, <laughs> Aurora decides, you know what? You know what I want to do? I want to be alone after I just, after all this crazy shit has been going on. I would love to sit out in the dark on my own <laughs> on, on a, a park, park bench, bench in the middle of the night and, draw. in rural USA yeah. after just witnessing murder. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the best. No, that's fair. That's fair. To, I'd want to be alone. That one was the most unacceptable character choice, I think, and of the whole so, goddamn movie. Because like, they, they try and build her up like, oh, she she draws and that's how she gets over these things. But did she have to be outside? Did she have to be outside by herself, sitting alone on this dimly lit park bench? Yeah, in the middle of nowhere. When she has a room at the motel that she can just a be inside. A room. Yeah. So I, I was like, okay, well, she's next, and so, yeah, like because uh, so Aurora ends up getting killed, and so then they have a the police come in the morning anyway to, and so they end up all going in for questioning. <laughs> this police officer <laughs> this police officer was coming for their necks she did not give a fuck right. she immediately was like look at your dead friend look at her head look at it look at it look at it i want all of you to look at it this is all we found of her body i was like god damn <laughs> like <laughs> you don't even know <laughs> you don't even know like they all have alibi and then like literally immediately after she questions them and shows them the dead body and makes them feel all shitty she's like well the motel camera corroborates your story i'm like you just got the footage like back <laughs> like you couldn't check that before you just put us through all through an yeah. emotional goddamn saw scene like jesus christ like, okay girl she had zero chill None. my goodness she really like and for not all three of them she was like you suck and you smell bad and i hate you and i hope that your family dies and then all of a sudden it's over and she's <laughs> like have a great day everybody except for todd she's she does kind of she's like i think that this is all your fault because you're comic books <laughs> and so this is the point from this point on is where the movie starts to get into this territory for me that feels kind of like it's not that it's not good anymore because I still like I was still in it I was still interested and I was still invested in their story but I think it starts to lose the believability that it had in the beginning for me especially when you compare mm -hmm. the second half to that scene that first scene of him killing those people yeah. it is such it just takes like a couple steps back in my opinion as far as the characters and their decisions go i wish that they would have continued on that like realistic path um yeah or even with the even with the kills too because like the the characters that die in that first kill scene are very much characters that are put in the movie to die um like they that's the purpose that they're serving in the movie which is fine because that scene is amazing as far as horror scenes go granted the unlocked door is <laughs> so dumb uh, but yeah the rest of the i feel like the rest of the movie and the kills it stays somewhat gruesome especially in like the last last bit of it and uh aurora's death is 
okay. I think the aftermath of it is far more gruesome than the actual act of it right. happening. And I now, granted, I don't know if this is like a budget thing or like what actually entails and like these kills taking a step back. Um, but I think for me, one of the things that I found a little bit of issue with is the direction that they decided to go because um, within within the comic, which all in all, like I keep re- referring to the comic, right? Um, if you if you watch this movie and you haven't read the comic or vice versa, I don't think that these two things are um, comparable enough that you should like compare one to the other like directly. I think these are two ideas based on the same concept, um, but different ways to then um, intake this idea, mm-hmm. right? One of the things the movie tries to do is it tries to give a personal connection between the I-90 killer slasher man and Todd, where although this is a different take than the comic, which the comic, what happens there is there it's it's a little similar in like slasher man's a success but they don't have an ending right and what happens is they end up coming up with this idea for a contest where someone could create the last kill for the comic and then they would then publish that as their last issue the issue or the problem is that that comic excerpt goes out without being proofread like it's it's a misprint it wasn't supposed to go out and it reads that they the contest reads you can be slasher man for a day and will publish your kill in the final issue mm. what it was supposed to say is imagine your slasher man for a day and will publish your kill in the final issue so what that contest does is it breeds slasher man like the person who is enthralled by this comic sees an opportunity to add their art to what they find as an artistic rendition of murder, basically. Mm. And so they go out killing, striving to then become a part of this project for good. Whereas the movie takes this different approach where, where Slasher Man actually exists and is living basically vicariously through the comics and that to me i don't i just don't know if i buy that as much as i buy the comic book version of that because like the this whole idea that the slasher man doesn't want to kill anymore because he's satisfied from just seeing the imagination of this person drawing the kills is just less believable to me than somebody being inspired by a comic seeing an opportunity to then show their version of this and then going and acting upon that like i felt like that even though both ideas could work i felt like the comic was a little bit more grounded and where it was trying to go with its ending where this one it's going for this bigger picture thing that i think ultimately weakens the message that it's trying yeah. to give yeah let me tell let me let me tell you what i wish the ending was so mm-hmm. yeah so in the end we find out it was the original the guy that's killing now was the same slasher man that was killing before but yeah he took a break because because todd's drawings because you know the whole time that they're talking about todd keeps talking about how slasher man thinks that his killing and him sculpting the bodies he thinks that it's art and it's like his masterpieces right and so slasher man is content with todd drawing him because he's like you you appreciated my art and now that it's coming to an end 
like t- when Todd is on the radio show, he says, yeah, to be honest with you guys, I'm having a hard time coming up with the ending. So slash. So the I-90 killer comes back and starts killing people to help Todd come up with an ending. Basically, he's like, we're going to work together and we're going to like do this ending. And that's why he like wants to kill all his friends and shit, which is fine. But I think for the like what they were going with in the theme of the movie, I think that all the way up to it could have been the same, right? Todd gets on there and he says, I'm having a hard time coming up with the ending. And like we see, we see in that scene where he does the like meet and greet thing that there are people that are obsessed with slasher man like there's a guy that is like slasher man is my my idol blah 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 and has like made the the truck and he like has all these dead women in his little diorama like diorama <laughs> which that that also was a that was, that was i like that scene mm-hmm. too just for kind of the commentary he was trying to make yeah there of P- people get carried away like, oh should i inspire yeah, he's like, oh, I inspired this. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord, this is it's this is Yeah, awful. It's, it's nuts. And this guy is like, Slasher Man is everything to me. Like, I I wish I could be him, blah, blah, blah. And, and because of, like, I get, I know why he was, like, psyching himself up. I get that that was, like, a character choice. He hadn't killed in a very long time, blah, blah, blah. But I almost feel like it would have been better to have it be one of those fans and they hear that he's having a hard time coming up with an ending and they take it upon themselves to pick up the I-90 killings to help give him inspiration and that's why he has to psych himself up because he's never done this before and in the end Todd he can still have that connection to the eye like he can still think it's the same guy but then he takes off his welder mask and it's a totally different person maybe it's like a young kid like a teenager and then i feel like that is more within the theme than to have it be the same guy because if it's the same guy he was already a killer and he was already doing that like todd had nothing to do with that when he was younger yeah, he has something to do with it now, but, and I mean, I guess maybe that is why it was like a random act of violence because that guy just was already a serial killer and was already doing that, but, which is fine, but you still could have had that and had the fan that was thus inspired by Todd, and you could have had that, both themes present in this movie, and I think it would have been a stronger ending because then it really would have been Todd's fault not his fault but i think he would have felt guilty yeah if he knew that it was a person who was completely irrelevant to what happened to him when he was younger and it was totally a fan and they just wanted to help him get the ending i think he would have felt more guilt about that than it being the same killer because like that wasn't his fault this dude was nuts already he already was killing people yeah See, then that's and that's my and that's my biggest issue is I feel like this whole need to connect the I ninety killer and Todd um, ended up weakening the overall narrative a bit because like one we have one we have to a believe that this man didn't kill this young boy because <laughs> in the moment he was about to kill him he got drawn and was so enamored. 
by this crayon refrigerator (laughs) style drawing that he's like, no, you're going to be the artist that defines my entire (laughs) my entire kill scrapbook like you. It's you. I found you. Um, Also, I'm sorry, but Todd Todd drew that whole thing. Yep. Yep. Like that fast. In that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He like. While his mom is getting mercilessly brutalized, he had the time to draw a little picture, which, all right, I get. Like, he's that's how he's coping with this awful thing that's happening, right? But um, also, I'm going to be honest here. I had to look up what ethnicity Jesse was because I was like, he he is Mm -hmm. mixed, but the kid looks definitely black. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm confused. Like the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll be the first to admit that I like, I was confused. I was like, this Lighten- kid lightened up, and this older <laughs> dude. Yeah, he does not does not look like the same dude. But the fear, he's mixed, so the I fear sucks some of the melanin out of his skin. Which <laughs> 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 uh, also this is a little sidetracking, but I didn't realize that he was the same dude from Cabin in the Woods. Like mm-hmm. I didn't put those together. Until like I went back and like looked at his um Filmography. his list of things that he did and I was like mm-hmm. oh shit yeah I was like oh snap that's him but yeah the I I agree like I would have loved if we kept going down the route of humanizing this killer and dealing with the fact that you created a killer more so than trying to do this um kind of artistic connection between like two artists collaborating like. I, th- that's kind of what I was alluding to before. And like, I think the comic was a bit more grounded in the direction it was mm-hmm. going because it, it brings the idea that this killer is inspired or is incited to do the things that he does because of the comic, not because he's just already inherently a killer. And you set up with that first kill that this killer, which by the way, like, even though I love that scene talking about it out loud now it kind of makes a little bit less sense that he was so human in these murders because he's a seasoned killer. Like, yeah, he's, he hasn't killed people for a while, but he's killed a lot of people. And we've seen some of his earlier kills where he's a lot more stoic. He's a lot more, he's a lot more Jason Michael Myers in the way that he kills people. If you've already set up that this killer has to psych himself up to do kills to like get into the zone it would make a lot of sense if it was just a dude at the comic book yeah. shop and then having to deal with the fact that you genuinely created this monster. What do you do? Yeah. Well, and I think it works for me on that first one because if he hasn't done it in a while maybe, and maybe he thought he never would be killing again, I could see him maybe trying to have to psych, psych himself up for that first one because it's like, you know, baby's first stab after a break or whatever but then Mm -hmm. after that i feel like especially with that not the like the family that he kills that one just was we i Mm -hmm. don't know that one i didn't like Uh, i thought that one was kind of silly um because he he goes from brutally stabbing people just he just shoots them it's not it's just the idea that like did he so he you know, gets in front of he gets in front of the this family. The our main characters are driving him right in front of them as a family. And they discover that they're gonna be killed based off of this one comic, which means that the whole family is gonna be killed. 
and like the the killer drives in front of their car and like waits forever to get out of his car finally gets out takes forever to walk up to them then starts shooting and like it just seems really unplanned and i know that his whole thing was that he wanted them to be there like he wanted todd and kathy and ezra to be there but it just does not seem as well planned and thought out as it should be considering that we see him throughout the movie he's like constantly stalking people and he always anytime he kills people he makes sure nobody else is is around and he does it pretty quick Mm -hmm. and and if not quick he does it in a way where he's like very certain that the people aren't going to get away and you're Mm -hmm. telling me the only reason these people these people had plenty of time to back up and be like oh i'm going around you mm-hmm. or something or even or even kathy like i was giving kathy a lot of side eye during that scene of like i i need you to make a choice right now are run you going to over. a attempt to do something <laughs> and run him over or b are you going to leave because currently you are just nothing. sitting there watching this come happen. on kathy you're you're like i need you to act you're burning right time <laughs> you're really burning time here and she burns so much time that she ends up running them off the road because he he kills the entire family and still has time to shoot at them but Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know that last one just seems really ran random acts of violence but Mm -hmm. i feel like specifically for that last one it would make sense to me if that was a fan and he was just like oh shit i gotta kill this family and and then takes his chance and tries to get them too. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seemed weird. And I feel it just seemed like it was one of those things where they were like, okay, how are we going to get, how are we going to get our main characters now and our killer together? You know, like it just seemed like they mm-hmm. needed to do that. What, what I wish they would have done <laughs> is that mm-hmm. they wouldn't have been behind the family at all. And they would have just been driving down the road and maybe came upon the family's car. And maybe it was like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously stalled out in the middle of the road. And then they realized that the family was dead inside, tried to call for help. Mm-hmm. And then the killer could just drive up behind them and rear end them or something. You know, like that makes more sense to me than yeah. what they did. The the flip flop between um, confident artistic killer and novice kind of impromptu figuring this out killer that flip-flop back and forth kind of muddies the water of like what exactly are we dealing mm-hmm. with here like who who is this guy and like what's yeah. his intentions yeah it's like who are you um, really right uh one of the things i did want to talk about before we um end up was i got a couple but it was one interested to ask you is this movie and the comic kind of I think lightly explore this. I would have liked to see a little bit more of the exploration on it, but just the idea of like misogyny and horror and the idea that victims are a lot of the times women. Um, Do you feel like this movie had a good take on that question? Or do you think that it was something that was presented, but not fully explored? Um, And I guess you can talk about too, kind of like your feelings in general too about that idea within this genre too because it's prevalent in a lot of horror like it's not just specific to this movie yeah it's um i don't know to be quite honest with you i didn't even really 
take that in, I guess, when I was watching this. Like, Mm -hmm. I know that they mention it in the movie. It's one of the complaints that the police officer, when she's doing her, like, (laughs) her confrontation, um, it's one of the things that she brings up is, like, violence against women. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's like they, they brought it up, but I guess I didn't really pay that much attention to it. I didn't feel like it was that much of a um, commentary on it because if we're going with the idea that like, oh, this killer mainly goes after women, I mean, that's in line with majority of serial killers in real life. So that Mm -hmm. wasn't totally out of pocket for me. I thought I was like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. A lot of serial killers go after women. So true. Okay. Um, so I don't know. I guess this movie didn't really spark any thoughts for me on that specific topic. It did. I felt like it, I paid more attention to the violence just in general aspect of it rather than like the violence against women aspect. That's um, fair. And I think it's something I also think it's something that's a little they they try and explore it a little bit more in the comic, mm-hmm. I think. And truth be told, I don't think they do a very good job doing that in the comic. Um, the comic for me comes across a little broy <laughs> for my tastes. Like you can definitely tell that the female characters are written by dudes, so it's like it's a little distracting. Mm-hmm. It, it was just interesting that they brought it up at all. I think because like this movie, I keep I think keeps asking a lot of these big questions, and then it kind of seems like they almost never really pick a side to where they mm-hmm. stand on some of these questions. Yeah. Um, except I guess in the last bit, I think with the ending sequence with them, you know, everything else is a random act of violence is them saying like the stuff that happened within the confines of this movie is not art. If you like watched the things that were happening to these people and for some reason you're sitting here and you're like, Oh wow, that brutal murder was artistic like it kind of felt like the movie was saying like no that was just violence Mm -hmm. and you're misconstruing it like i think they i think that's what they were going for with the ending um but i just kind of for me i like i wish they just like that conversation they kept that conversation more at the forefront i think um for a majority of it yeah yeah i mean if that was something that they were wanting to explore then maybe just have all of the victims be women like you know if have every person that we personally see get killed be a woman if that's an issue that you're wanting to shine a spotlight on but that wasn't the case mm-hmm. um you know it was a mix of people and that's true. so i didn't really take that in as much and yes that is a you know that is a criticism of this this genre is that the violence against women um but i do think that it's a bit more balanced as far as people who die but i do think that a lot of times women's death scenes are more gratuitous than men um i think that Mm -hmm. you know it's fairly equal as far as if we're gonna say like the kill count it's you know men die just as much as women but i do think that a lot of times they women's death scenes can kind of drag out longer but i also yeah i think a lot of the commentary too was um like towards the comic itself unless like the movie like i could be misremembering but i feel like 
Kathy at some point was talking about how the how the things in the comic, the the Slasher Man comic itself, have a lot of like women as mm-hmm. victims. And I don't think the movie does it mm-hmm. as much as the like theoretical comic right does, which is hard because it's like we don't get to see that. very much of the comic all we see of the comic are the pictures of the deaths that are then portrayed in the movie so True. maybe if they had gone more into the comic and we had seen a little bit more about that and it's interesting too because the most violent death of this movie is the guy in the car like mm-hmm. we see yeah. him the most when he's dying because even like like kathy and aurora we cut away from them for the most part and then we see them after they're dead yeah um yeah i do i and i agree like i i I think this movie is aware of it what it's mm -hmm. trying to do and like it's aware of the topics that it's trying to um navigate um like i i don't think they do a lot of things on accident but Okay, kind of like finish this off here. Let's like full circle to that beginning question again, now that we've talked about the movie a little bit. And whether or not you think that artists should be held accountable at all for um, what their art inspires in other people and what that then leads them to do. Like, do you think artists should have accountability for stuff like this or no? No, I don't think so, because I think the whole point of art is inspiration. You are trying to elicit a response from people. And like, I don't think that there are there are, you know, movies that you can watch and that are very violent and don't necessarily seem like they have a message. And I could understand how people could say that and be like, they're making, why are they, why did they make this? Like, this is for, this is going to elicit a, a, like violence or this is violence for violence sake. I could see that, but I don't think that that, sh- if something comes from that, I don't necessarily think that that should be the responsibility of the person who made it. I think that's the responsibility of the person that took that and turned it into vi- more real life violence. Like, because like I said, you can be inspired by anything. A lot of people can watch something and be fine. And then you may have that one person that takes it too far, but that is something they have done. And I don't think that that, I don't think you should ever say to an artist, no, you can't do that because what if this happens? Because like, Mm -hmm. I don't think that they should be prevented from doing something by the fear that something might happen. Like that, you know, something like this could happen. I don't think it, you know, they obviously are going for a very specific topic in this. So a lot of the people in this movie are very, very adamantly, like a lot of the characters that we spend time on are kind of adamantly against Slasher Man. But I don't think that that's Mm -hmm. Todd's fault that, you know, he wanted to make this comic and take inspiration for something is it insensitive yeah you know to the victims yes it is but i don't think that the events that happened in this movie would be considered should be considered his fault like they're the Mm faults of the person and who took it and ran with it not todd's fault yeah what about you and i i agree with you i think that and we talked about earlier too is like a lot of people 
love to like mix these two things like the artists and then the effects of the art on people afterwards and at the end of the day like in regards to something like slasher man like if you create a serial killer fictionally and then if if you create jason and then somebody puts on a hockey mask and starts slaughtering people afterwards like i'm not going to blame the creator of jason for creating this like i blame the mind that couldn't process that this is a fictional mm-hmm. thing that isn't supposed to also then be done to actual mm-hmm. people i see i can see why to a small degree i can see why some people would believe it to be or that the artist should be held accountable in some way shape or form because they're like oh this person drew inspiration from this but i think at the end of the day like we're all individuals with our own choices so if you choose to see something and then do it despite how terrible it may be like that choice is on you like you you consumed that art you you analyze it in the way that you analyze it and then you acted accordingly like these are all things that you did but i do think it's it's definitely a scary thought to think somebody can take your art and then perceive it in a way that's harmful to people like i do think that's oh, yeah. scary and one of the merits i do give this version of this story and like even though i'm not like a huge fan of like the personal connection between todd and slasher man the fact that todd uses the slasher man comic and his artwork as a coping mechanism i think is a very beautiful thing that they Mm -hmm. explore and even aurora explores this too where it's just like their way of coping with the awful things that they see or deal with is to draw them And that's the only way that they're able to really process Mm -hmm. and deal with these things. Like, I, I think that's a beautiful example of the positive effects of expression Mm -hmm. that people can, you know, do for themselves. And yeah, it may seem grotesque. Like when we get the scene of her outside drawing a dead dog, just helpless in a field is like, yeah, face value. It's a little grotesque. It's, it's a little off putting, but like, if that's how somebody grieves, if that's how they deal with trauma, if that's how they're able to cope, then I think that's just another beautiful facet of art. And yeah, like I, I just think the way the consumer consumes and then uses it is definitely a personal thing on them. Like I know this was a conversation that um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like I know like Marilyn Manson back in the day was getting a lot of flack because like the Columbine killers. Mm-hmm. A reference that they used to listen to Marilyn Manson music and then Marilyn Manson was taking so much flack because it's like oh you inspired this it was like no the people that listen to the music did mm-hmm. the thing Marilyn Manson just made the music like that those are those are two separate things that I think people are looking for someone to blame and mm-hmm. a reason and so they're making that that connection yeah. for themselves yeah I agree um so what would yeah. you give this Let's do it out of um, out of crayons. Um, what would you rate this out of five crayon crayons? Say crayons. Yeah. Do you say crayons? Okay, uh, I do say crayons. Do you say what do you crayons. say? Say it again. Crayons. crayons. Uh-huh. Like that. Crayons. <laughs> I didn't know there was no place to say. <laughs> oh, okay, well, just learned something new. Um, I will say I'm gonna be a little transparent here. I think I went into this episode with it as a four out of five mm-hmm. for me. 
And I think on a little bit of a deeper analysis, I might drop it down a little bit to like a three and a half. Um, And I think that stems from, again, I absolutely love, love the idea that this movie is exploring. And I think on my first watch of the movie, I was so enamored by this concept that it made me enjoy the movie a lot more. Um, and I think on like critical analysis of like certain things and certain and certain character choices, like I think there are definitely ways that it can improve. Um, so I think I, I at this point I feel more comfortable giving it like a three and a half. But I did honestly I did enjoy the movie, and if nothing else, I do think like it's a movie that could spark some good conversation, especially within creative mm-hmm. circles. But what about? I'm gonna you? go ahead and give this three crayons out of five. Um, like I said, I really like the acting. I liked the characters. There's some really cool shots in this. Um, I think the lighting is really cool. Um, and yeah, I agree. The story is very interesting. I think it's a cool concept. I think with some tweaking of the, of certain plot points, this would have been like a great, a home run for me. But Mm -hmm. I, I just think you get through the first half and then you kind of hit this point where it just starts to kind of tumble out of control. And I was not satisfied with the way everything got tied up. Um, But there are sequences in this movie that I think are worth a watch. If you're not into, like it's not joking when it's called random acts of violence. If you don't like violent movies or things like that make you squirm i wouldn't recommend this because it does really heavily go in depth about that (laughs) and if that well though i will say if like you can make it through that first kill scene you should be okay for the rest of the movie i definitely still think that's the most brutal thing that you'll see that's that's the most brutal part that you see but be aware that you do see a lot of dead bodies and you do see a lot of like gory bloody bodies and like if you if you're if you don't like watching people get like hurt and get chased and get killed like this is a movie i would not recommend this for like my sister because she would not (laughs) like i don't think she would Mm -hmm. like the how much into violence it gets but Mm -hmm. yeah i agree i think the story is great i just think it needed some fine tuning is all so three out of five crayons from me sounds good but, to me all right guys that was um that was random acts of violence and that is on shutter so if you would like to check it out then go ahead and hop on shutter and watch that like we said there's a they got that yeah, one week free trial, say. just like everything else, Seven y'all. You muse up that trial. trial. So hop on there, check that movie out, and also check out all the other titles in there. We're honestly thinking about doing all Shutter movies this month, um, just to explore it some more and watch some of the titles. Have some reasons to plow through a bunch of the titles on there. So if there is a movie on Shutter that you guys want to hear us talk about please send it our way and we will take a look at it you can message us on our social medias we are um, at homies of horror on everything 
And you can also email us. We are homiesofhorror at gmail.com. So go ahead and send any movies that you guys love or hate um, our way. And we'll take a look at them and then possibly talk (laughs) about them on an episode coming up soon. Um, As always, please rate and review us. It is very, very helpful, and we really, really appreciate it. And you should follow us as well on wherever you listen to your podcast so that you can be notified first thing when our episodes come out every single Monday. But yeah, guys, that's going to be it for us today. We hope that you guys are super excited that we're getting back into movies because I know that we are super excited to be getting back into movies. So... We will be checking you guys out uh, next Monday, and we hope that you guys have a great rest of your day, homies. Oh, yeah. We'll catch you later, homies. Bye.